Maybe I'm just nostalgic Or maybe it's truly magical is Andrew and this is Matt <gasps> and this is my first Disneyto podcast without Brooke and I'm a little nervous so Brooke is living it up <laughs> at a beach right now but we didn't have anything to put out while she was gone so we decided to take advantage and record just a quick little thing because Brooke's living up at a beach. She has the time and money to go to the beach. She didn't have the time and money to see Toy Story 4 over the last month and a half. She did go see Lion King before she left, though, which is impressive because I still haven't seen that. Yeah, so maybe when she gets back and you're gone, her and I will talk about Lion King. Perfect. <laughs> but uh, real quick, we're going to talk about Toy Story 4. It's been out for quite a while. You've probably seen it by now, but we will be getting into spoiler stuff. And... Just want to preempt, uh, I guess not preemptively, postemptively apologize for the audio issues on last week's episode with the jam or not a jam. It won't happen again, says the guy who's had to say that a couple times. Anyway, Toy Story 4, what were your thoughts? Because you were unsure about how you were going to feel about it. Um, so, Toy Story 4. To back up a little, let's think about Toy Story 3 and how Toy Story 3 ended. As I've said before on other podcast episodes, I was very skeptical about the fourth um, version uh, coming out because they wrapped up three so well in the sense of here's this era that's ending of Andy with these toys. He's passing them on to Bonnie, and it's a whole new beautiful thing. So going into Toy Story 4, I was, yeah, very skeptical, like, what the fuck are they going to do here? I saw the previews with this new Forky character, and that kind of pissed me off, <laughs> especially finding out that Forky was going to have its own series on, or, like, miniseries, whatever, on yeah. the new Disney, um, Disney, no, which, on the new Disney platform. Which I think his series was going to be, like, I, I genuinely think it's going to be more of, like, one of those, like, Imagineer that, just, like, yeah. little, like, five-minute segments in between shows. But, yeah, he's got it, like, it seemed like he was being built specifically for this other thing. Yes, and so instantly I was like, I swear to God, if Disney is using one of my favorite childhood movie franchises to promote a new miniseries on their stupid platform, I'm done. Yeah. However, <laughs> first thing I'll say about Toy Story 4 is it really reminded me of what Toy Story is about. And it's not about Andy and his toys. It's about the toys. Yeah. And so no matter who owns, possesses, has the toys, it's their story. And that was a, a reminder that kind of put me at ease as I was going through the movie. Um, my... One of my favorite things about it is the heavy focus on Woody and um, Bo. Yeah. Because Bo wasn't in, what, the second or third? 
I can't remember if she left before the second. She definitely wasn't in the third. I can't remember if she wasn't in the she second. She left, though. and it wasn't ever really talked about. No, she just she wasn't was there. gone. Yeah. And so seeing her back was really cool. Um, and seeing her kind of badass. She was a badass bitch, which <laughs> Disney also took advantage of that character in this movie to really, I don't want to say jump on the bandwagon of promoting women. But it, it was a nice... But basically, yeah. That. It was an easy way to do it. Yes, and I, I thought it was really cool. Um, Without seeming forced. It actually made sense for her to to kind of toughen up by being on her own. It wasn't just like, hey, we're just going to force this. Like, it, it wouldn't have she been... She's very Rosie the Riveter. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as genuine if just all of a sudden Jesse was like this hardcore badass exactly. out of nowhere. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, because Jesse was kind of doofy. Yeah. <laughs> Bo was always cool, and that's the thing is she was, I think, an understated character. And I feel like Disney realized they never really got into that relationship and the history of Buzz, or of Woody and Bo. Yeah. Because um, in the first movie in the franchise, you can tell they have this like lovey-dovey um, kind of aspect to them. They're just yeah. like sweet and flirty, but nothing goes beyond that. Um, so it was cool to see their like romantic, uh, this like just love and like, oh my God, it's you. Like, I love that. I thought it was so sweet and beautiful. Um, and that was probably one of my favorite things about the movie. Um, Forky Ended up being adorable. Yeah. Cute little character. Um, and you actually got to see him grow, which was really cool. Like, he went from just, like, I'm trash, this is all I'll ever be, to, like, truly understanding what the importance of a toy is in someone's life and being proud that he is what he is. Yeah, and, like, that, oh, my gosh, when the trash thing, when he kept trying to go in the trash can, I was laughing so hard <laughs> in that damn theater. That it was just cracking me up. He's a like, trash! And run. <laughs> I loved it. Um, another pair of characters I loved was Key and Peel. Oh, they killed it. Those stuffed animals. <laughs> I, that was probably when I laughed the most in the movie, was some of the banter they had. I was just losing my shit. Well, because they remind you of, and I'm sure that this was intentional, but they remind you of those dudes who you know have done very little with their lives, yep. but they have stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've been through it. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah, you've really... like, Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I had a co-worker once that had so many stories of, like, how he fought a cop <laughs> and, like, all this stuff. And you're like, you haven't done shit. Mm-hmm. You're a 20-year-old dude working at a Home Depot. Yes. You haven't <laughs> lived. Um, yeah, that... They were really cute. Um, I absolutely, positively hated the... Um... The villain? No, not mannequin dolls. The the, the ventriloquist dolls. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. That's what they were. Yeah. Those fucking things oh, were amazing. terrifying. Amazing. It, it's the most horrific in a Toy Story movie since the first one with Sid's room. Yeah. Yes, like, it really was. They hadn't. They didn't really have any creepy toys since then. Yeah, this was, and and they were, they did a really good job with the main villain, of the really, doll. Yeah, making you empathize with her to the point that you're almost like, I kind of get it. And was like, that Gabby? Gabby. Yeah. Gabby. So, I didn't feel any empathy towards Gabby until like the last fifteen minutes. That's of the what movie. I mean. Like they they make her a villain the whole time, and you really really hate her. And I then you, hated her. And then you hear her story of like 
she just wants love. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, because that's the thing is when that little girl finally, like, picked her up and then was like, meh, and threw her back down. Yeah. I was like, oh, girl. Yeah. Oh, my heart broke. (laughs) Because it's like. Your life is rejection. I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I relate. (laughs) I, as a mid-20s millennial, understand your pain. (laughs) Preach it, Gabby. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was cute. And Woody being him, his heroic self, giving her his, like, voice box. Yeah. At the same time, it was kind of stupid in that, like, I guess when they were talking about, like, getting rid of the voice box, I thought that meant, like, he wouldn't be able to talk anymore. Yeah. Which really is nothing. No, it just meant his draw string doesn't mean, yeah. Yeah. Which I think... It, it You have to think of it from two perspectives. As an audience member, it doesn't make a difference because Woody can still talk. Mm-hmm. But from a toy's perspective, if the only purpose of this toy is that you pull the drawstring and it talks and now it doesn't talk anymore, it's a broken toy that gets thrown in the trash. Yes. <laughs> which is, yeah, and which is where that kind of comes into play when he's actually doing it. I'm like, oh, yeah. everything's okay. Yeah. Everything's okay. He's just giving her a chance to be a toy like he was a toy. Yeah. It, it actually is weirdly a movie about loss. A lo- like a lot of the movie is about loss. Yeah. Loss and grief. Um, Which is what Pixar's so fucking good at, is just telling a very heavy adult emotional story through like the silliest formats. And speaking of Pixar, the graphics in that were phenomenal. Oh, they just get better every movie. They really do. And, like, they keep it. I mean, obviously, it's, like, the same. It's Toy Story. But just how detailed and, like, high def everything was. Oh, yeah. Especially, I just recently watched the first one. I was going to say, if you watch like the first one and compare. Almost. Yeah, it's it's they've really advanced things that, like, I don't even know how to put it in into words. But it's, like... Now what Toy Story is, Mm -hmm. like what the first Toy Story looks like is kind of what they show you as like the early demos of what they're getting to. (laughs) When they're like, hey, here's like some behind the scenes animation. It's like of the quality of Toy Story 1, which at the time was like revolutionary. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was really cool. Um, Trying to think. The little sheep were adorable. Both sheep. (laughs) Yeah, because like those, they didn't, they didn't actually talk. They just meh. Yeah. They well, bah. and the little like Polly Pocket girl was. Oh my god, so she funny. was so funny. <laughs> and I, I love uh, Duke. <laughs> Duke was because that was what Keanu. Keanu Reeves, which I had no clue until the credits. No, and literally that <laughs> stupid little character of Duke resurfaced Keanu <laughs> in like the social media world. And then we took that and highlighted how genuinely nice of a person he is, yeah. as if people didn't already know, which I thought was really cool for him. Yeah. Because he was, one, it's a brand new character in the movie, uh, or in the series. Yeah. He hasn't been in any of them. No. And he just kind of got thrown in there as this random character. Not voicing anything that sounds like no. him at all. And I feel like he got the most praise out of that whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> and poor Tom Hanks, that was like the you? last thing. Yeah, he was so excited about this. Now, From your conversation with them, that definitely happened in Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep forgetting about that. Um, yes. But one of the things that I was thinking about, because, you know, at the end of the movie... Again, spoiler, if you hadn't watched it, it's so on fucking you. Um, <laughs> you saw the name of the episode. Woody stays with Bo. Yeah. He does not go back with everyone. 
to Bonnie's um, with his toys that he, his fellow toys and friends that he's been with since like the dawn of time. Yeah. And that was a powerful moment. Um, and I thought it was like really special that those two were gonna kind of like run off and live their life. But it got me thinking, I was like, okay, are they gonna do a spinoff of those two? You could. You know, are they gonna do another? So, I, and here's, I'll tell you what, Matt, if they do another fucking movie in that series, <laughs> so I'm done. There was don't a, tell me. There was a small cameo. Oh God! Um, in the movie that I thought was really, really funny and cool um, for my old ass, which was that when he's trapped in the room, uh, when he's so there's a scene early on where Bonnie's picking out all the toys that she wants to play with. And she leaves Woody abandoned in the closet. Yeah. And there's three other abandoned toys in there. Did you recognize the voices of any of those toys? I did it. Uh, not that I remember right now. So, actually, it was four of them. It's four classic comedic actors from like the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And they named the characters after them as well. So, Mel Brooks voiced the character Melephant Brooks. Interesting. Um, Carol Burnett voiced Cheryl Burnett. Betty White voiced the shark that they called Bitey White. And and Carl Reiner voiced the Carl Rhinoceros that are the so, abandoned toys in the closet, which I thought was like a cool little like, hey, here you go. It is. It's like, um, it's almost like a version of their little Easter eggs they do. Yeah. You know? And that's that's one of the things that always impresses me with Disney is... They can come out with a really cool movie, but there's so many, there's so much detail and intricacy involved in every aspect of it. So, yeah. like, such a little, like, one-minute scene, but it was actually, like, a really special moment. Like, reunion of these classic yeah. comedians. Yeah. And, and people will just don't notice it. Yeah, and you heard about the Mr. Potato Head thing, too, right? Yes, that was so... I didn't even realize... I didn't even know he died. Yeah, I didn't piece together the... R.I.P., obviously. Yeah, Don Don Rickles died a couple years ago and was the voice of Mr. Potato Head, so instead of bringing in someone to do the lines, they meticulously went through all of the audio that they had and just re-pieced it together. Blows my mind. (laughs) Which, like... They literally probably could have just used some straight-up lines from him. Oh. I wouldn't even noticed. Oh, and I mean, like... Mr. Potato Head! Well, and also, like, Don Don Rickles is definitely one of those comedians who's been around for so long that there is for sure someone who probably does a really good Don Rickles impersonation. Mm-hmm. But... But this is Disney. It's not but, Don Rickles. Yeah, so it's, we paying, must not. it's paying tribute yep. to... Unless, of course, you're Ernest, who did Slinky Dog and then died after the first movie, and they just brought in someone who sounded close enough. They did, they did. <laughs> oh, I did love Slink. I will say, not a lot of buzz in this movie. There's not a lot of... There was a lot of any, buzz, but not a lot of buzz. <laughs> there's not a lot of most of the other toys. Yeah. They, they really did make this the Woody, Bo, and Forky show, which is, which is fine, because I feel like sometimes when you have all of those characters, you... It is hard to keep the movie on plot. I'm sure somewhere there's like a two and a half hour cut of this movie where they tried to give as everybody. much to everybody. But Buzz had, um, I do like the ongoing joke with Buzz and the inner voice. And he thinks that he just means the, the part of him that makes him talk. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
as if it was like his like spirit and God. <laughs> I did love that. And the way that it's it like was like a magic always, eight ball. And the way that it was always appropriate for the situation. <laughs> and he just rolls with it. He blindly trusts it and rolls with it. That was really cute. But where would you rank this among the, the four? This is tough. I think this might be my number one, which is insane. But I also, my previous number one was part two, so I'm that weirdo. Ugh. <laughs> my ranking, I can start with the bottom. Just number two. Two, <laughs> then three. So it's on par with one for you. You're torn. You're actually genuinely torn. Which is crazy. <laughs> because... Toy Story is my, like, the original is, like, one of my all-time favorite movies as so, a kid. So I would say... I think it would fall into what you're looking for, because the big thing I would thing say Toy, Toy Story, Story 1 was my favorite all-time. Yeah. Toy Story 4 is my favorite as an adult. And I, and I was going to say, I think that that's the way it probably should fall for a lot of people, because the reason why I love to, Toy Story 2 as much as I do is more from, like, a historical importance with Pixar because that was really the um, When She Loved Me song was like a huge turning point. When they did that and they saw how well received that scene was, they've gone on record saying that was the moment that they knew that they could push for more deeper adult themes like Mm -hmm, that in mm -hmm. their movies. So every time I watch that movie, that's the perspective I'm seeing it from is like this is the moment where they stopped doing you know, Bugs Life and started saying, hey, let's do this in-depth analysis of how human emotions work, but do it as a kid's cartoon. Yes. Um, But one is, like, the revolutionary movie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, you just raised a good point, too, because I said, like, one is my favorite all time, four is my favorite as an adult. What I was going to say is, like, you know, watching four, I picked up on more like the adult humor, and there yeah. was a lot more of that baked into it. And Disney, I think, also knew, you know, the audience that was carried with the originals were all adults now, yeah. for the most part. You know, that's all as a kid. It's like well, it's reading Harry Potter. You yes. grow up with Harry Potter. The books mature with you. Exactly, and so that was really cool. Um, I'm trying to think. I almost feel like I might buy a Forky stuffed animal. I see them selling them now. And Don't I'm like, embarrass yourself. I was like, podcast, I would have a stuff. Why should I stop now? There's 20, 62 other episodes of me. Guys, help him out. <laughs> he just said he's going to buy a fork stuffed animal. Yep. Uh, I didn't say I definitely was. I said I would be tempted to. I like that character enough that I'd be like, yeah, I'd put that on a shelf. I also like that Forky... Was Forky... Um, Gender fluid? Maybe. He was voiced by Buster from Arrested Development, but... First, I didn't know if Forky was going to be a boy or girl or nothing, or... Yeah. I didn't know what Let's kind say of he was. was. Let's say they're progressive and he was gender fluid. I hope fluid. so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I'm trying to think what else of that movie really stuck out. I feel like we tackled a lot of the big ones. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we we may have missed, but I mean we're going to keep this one short regardless because we're spoiler alert. We're recording this at work on a lunch break. Holla. So, so. <laughs> um, that's why I'm not swearing as much because I'm not under the influence. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, those are really my main things about it. It was really cool because I went and saw it with my mom and little brother. Yeah. 
And so, like, that was a nice little, like, family three of us. Family yeah. trip to a family movie. We haven't gone to do, like, a movie in years, so that was really cool. Um, and, like, my mom took me to see the first one. That was the first movie in the theater. Oh, that's even saw. better. So yeah. it was special. Um, and we, we loved the whole thing. We were all actually surprised as how good it was. Um, yeah, Disney's been kind of killing it this year. Yeah, now, I'll probably have other things to say when I watch Lion King, which I'm yeah. going to go watch when I'm in Atlanta next week. But So I'll have feedback eventually for everybody. Yeah. But um, for now, very skeptical, much like I was for Toy Story. Actually, I'm more skeptical for Lion King than I was for Toy Story. I'm probably going to hate Lion King. I, Get ready. I enjoyed Lion King, but I think Toy Story 4 was better. Damn it. I would I would rank, but I thought that Lion. So, I here's a quick spoiler alert to um, Lion King that we'll get dove into a little bit deeper. The imagery is so good; it feels like you're watching a nature documentary. It That's looks my very, problem. Very real. The problem is that they look so real that they can't emote any emotions in their eyes or face, yep. and that that hurts elements of it. But it's fun. That's like that meme that I'd shared to you guys, and I With think I posted on a thing. Yeah. If they would have made that difference alone... It would have changed your perspective. How do you think it would have been? Oh, probably much bigger. Because so, you saw the movie. Yeah. If they did that tweak... Also, if they just didn't have the Be Prepared song. <laughs> because... You know what? Let's not talk anymore yeah, let's about not it. Talk anymore. I'm going to get angry and I still have more but, things to do. Uh, the only other thing, um, not that it matters, but if you went all the way back to January when we listed all the movies that were coming out, uh, there's been a cancellation. Uh, Artemis Fowl is not coming out in August, like originally scheduled, but May of next year. So I don't know if that was just because they realized they were putting a lesser-known property out at the exact same time that they had Aladdin, Toy Story 4, and Lion King out there where it wouldn't have had a chance, or if it just wasn't going well. But They probably made one post, and somebody was like, everybody was like, who the fuck, what is this? Are, like, what? Abort, abort! Yeah, and they were like, oh, <laughs> we didn't mean to send it out, they're fired, we're sorry, that's next year, they misdated <laughs> All right, well, we'll be back uh, next week. Well, I'll be back next week with Brooke. You'll be in Atlanta. Yeah, I'll be in hot Atlanta. Hit me up, y'all. Go hang out with Tim, lucky son of a bitch. We may go see Toy Story or Lion King together and shit on it as a team. Oh, my God. Then you have to go live on our Instagram afterwards. Can't wait. I'll have to get the credentials because I lost it. <laughs> All right, everybody. We hope you have a great rest of your fucking day. We're going to have a great rest of our fucking day, and we'll talk to you soon. Geekscape Network.